Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 254 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 1 Timothy chapter 2 today and our focus is on... Uh oh, we might be in a little trouble today. Our focus is on who does Paul think he is by telling women to be quiet and dress modestly. Wow. Well, every day we go through the Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Twice a week we're in the Old Testament, five days a week we're in the New Testament, and sometimes, like today, we tackle some pretty controversial Bible topics. I do want to point you to our website. It's Bible2021.com, Bible2021.com. You can find a transcript for every episode there, as well as a contact form where you can send me an email and tell me how dumb I am after this episode if you'd like to. Well, 2 Timothy 2 contains one of the three or four most controversial scriptures in the entire Bible, and today we're going to discuss them reusing some material from last year's Bible reading podcast. Well, as you might have noticed, I don't always tackle the most controversial topics on this show. And there's a reason for that. And it's not really that I want to avoid controversy. The main reason I avoid some of the most controversial things out there is because I think that some of the biggest questions in the Bible, the biggest controversies, is not best handled on a podcast. It's best handled in a local church setting in the midst of relationships and leadership and pastoring. And I am a pastor of a local church and we do handle controversial topics in our local church. But uh It's best to handle those things where questions and discussions can happen face-to-face and unfold via relationship. Like one thing I've learned over the years is that texting about something that uh, is volatile is usually a bad idea because it's difficult to get tone out of texting. And podcasts are similar. Yeah, you can hear my voice, but we're not interacting really. We're not having a lot of... uh, face-to-face kind of conversation where we get to know each other. So I don't avoid every controversial passage, but I do dance around a lot of them uh, because I'd much rather cover them in a local church context. And that said, today we're not really going to steer so broadly around controversy. We're going to turn the bow of the good podcast Bible 2021 ship right into the eye of the storm, so to speak. Please understand This episode, in the whatever 12-14 minutes it's going to take, will not cover every possible objection and issue you have with 1 Timothy 2, or you might have with 1 Timothy 2, but I want to kind of lay out principles for understanding the Word, and the main one is the Word gives us commands and we follow them, And uh, but at least we're going to discuss some of the controversy and, you know, really wrestle with the question whether or not Paul was sexist, and of course I don't think he was in the least, but... Why is 1 Timothy chapter 2 so controversial? And the answer is because Paul gives commands to women in this passage, uh, telling them to dress modestly and to be quiet. Well, who does Paul think he is to tell women how to dress and uh, whether or not they can talk or not? Doesn't this represent sexism? And I don't think so, as I said. And a big reason I don't think so is because of my understanding of biblical authority. I consider myself under the authority of God's Word. So when I read passages like today where Paul tells men what to do, I know I must submit to those commands, you know, whether I like them or not. In 1 Timothy 2, Paul does indeed. In the Greek, he tells women to dress in 
cosmios apparel. That's the Greek word there. It's a difficult word to translate well because it only appears twice in the Bible. The only other time it appears in the Bible is also in 1 Timothy, and it's in chapter 3, which we'll go through tomorrow, where it says, An overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, self-controlled, sensible, respectable, that's the word, hospitable, able to teach, not an excessive drinker, not a bully but gentle, not quarrelsome, not greedy. So the same word that most Bible translators translate as modest in 1 Timothy 2 is translated as respectable in 1 Timothy 3. And by the way, I don't really understand that. I think we could be maybe a little more consistent with that, but you know, I'm not a Greek expert. Paul in one passage tells women to dress in this modest, respectable way. And in the second passage, he tells church leaders and pastors to behave and have this kind of modest and respectable character. Sensible, modest, appropriate. In telling leaders to be sensible, modest, and appropriate in their actions, in telling females to dress sensibly, modestly, or respectably, that just doesn't strike me as very sexist. That's what the Word of God is for, really. It is to tell us how God wants us to live, how to please Him. Sometimes that manifests itself in how we dress. Sometimes it manifests itself in how we behave. God is pleased by respectable behavior and apparently respectable dress, too. And we are to be followers of God, and we follow him very by his word. Well, okay, I hear you saying, I hear your objections out there. You might be thinking, well, some of that makes a little bit of sense, but what about this women must be silent business? That just sounds ridiculous, sexist, and very old-fashioned. Well, look, I can appreciate where you're coming from, but I don't think sexism is the right conclusion, and I hopefully can come fairly close to proving that today. First of all, let me say this, that when the King James Version, and there's a couple of other translations that use the word silent here, they translate the Greek word hezekia as silent, I or silence. I think the translators maybe are not translating that word greatly. And, and, you know, who am I to criticize them or whatever? But I think the translators of the Christian Standard Bible, which is our main translation we use here, get the sense of the word much better by using the word quiet. I don't believe Paul is here forbidding women to speak in the least. There were a lot of women in the early church that were leaders. I mean... Uh, Priscilla and Aquila actually taught and and discipled Apollos. There were female prophets in the early church. There were female church leaders. So I don't think Paul is forbidding women to speak in the church. Um, First of all, etymology, the word hezekiah, which is the word translated here, it comes from a root word that doesn't mean to be silent. It means to be settled. For instance, consider another passage that uses the same exact word. 2 Corinthians 3.12 says, Now we command and exhort such people by the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and provide for themselves. Well, is 2 Thessalonians 3.12, which I just read, which is a passage directed at men and women, is it a command to be silent and work without uttering a single word? No, of course it isn't. It doesn't appear to be that way at all. Silent does not make any sense whatsoever in that passage The word quiet does. The word being settled does, or even quietly does. Since Paul is writing to Timothy about pastoring, and since he's about to introduce the topic of elders and pastors in 1 Timothy chapter 3, I believe the context in 1 Timothy 2 is about how women should act during a church gathering when they're being taught, like, you know, the Sunday morning church gathering or whatever. 
And I note here that the same word, Hezekiah, is used of the men in Acts 22, verse 2, when Paul says, Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense before you. When they heard that he was addressing them in Aramaic, they became even quieter. In other words, the men were listening and being quiet, which that seems quite appropriate for church services, right? So is Paul telling women to dress modestly, be quiet, and uh, and submit? Is that somehow sexist? Well, I guess it depends on how you frame it. Framed in a biblical way, these commands make sense and I think are lovely and beneficial for everybody. You know, Paul commands men to work in a quiet and sensible manner. He commands all of us to submit to all governing authorities. He commands husbands to sacrifice for their wives, to be gentle to them, and never harsh, and to not be bitter with uh, a wife. And he commands husbands to love and take care of uh, their wives in the same way that uh, the husband takes care of themselves, and even bigger than that, the same way that Jesus takes care of his church. That's a massive deal. Those are huge commands for husbands. Does every Christian husband fulfill that? No, I don't know any Christian husband that fulfills that, although they should. In today's passage, Paul commands men to pray without arguing or being angry. Now, look, is this like a slam on men in general? I don't really read it as that. Is it possible that the Corinthian men were having an issue with anger and arguing and Paul was writing to them to correct that? Like, hey guys, I hear you're arguing and and being mad at each other when you're praying. That's not cool. Don't do that. Well, is that possible? It is possible. Uh, We don't know, but nobody reads these commands in that our chapter today as an indictment on men in general but potentially a corrective on the Corinthian men. In the same way, perhaps there were issues with the Corinthian women being disruptive and dressing in ways that weren't respectable. Maybe? We don't know. Regardless, it seems to be unnecessary to read Paul's commands to the men to not be angry or argue in prayer as indicating that all men have anger in arguing issues. And it seems to be equally unnecessary to read Paul's commands to the women as somehow denigrating to the character of women. I want to know what pleases God. I don't always walk in it, but I want to know. I want to know from the word of God what pleases God, and it apparently pleases God for men to not be angry or argumentative and for women to listen quietly in church and dress respectably. By the way, I don't think this is a license for men to be loud and boisterous in church and to dress in outrageously immodest ways. In the same way, I don't think this is a license for women to be able to pray together and be angry and argumentative with each other. You know, you know what I'm saying? I hope that makes sense. Look, when I read the Bible, I see many commands from God. Some of these commands are written to women. Some of them are written to men. Some are written to children. Some, many of the commands of the Bible are written to pastors and shepherds and leaders. And some are written to followers and some to moms and some to dads, some to bosses, some to workers. That's what's meant by the Lordship of Christ. This is what is meant by following him. If you don't want to be told how to live life and what to do, I'm just going to be honest with you. You're going to struggle with the Bible and you're going to struggle with following Jesus completely because 
Yeah, there's a lot of commands in there. There's a lot of commands in there for all of us. Now, if you can think, you can pick some of those verses and some of those commands to really, really love and really embrace and really follow. And then you kind of set the others as, you know, archaic and dated and silly. Well, if you think you can do that with a Bible, then, you know, God isn't Lord. The Word of God isn't your authority. You are. You're the authority. When you pick and choose what scriptures you like or dislike or whatever, you're the arbiter of your behavior in that scenario. And look, that kind of approach, it doesn't work for people in a job situation. You can't pick and choose what policies you like and don't like. It doesn't work as law-abiding citizens under traffic laws or whatever. It doesn't work when you're a student in school. It doesn't work when you're a soldier in the military. And it certainly doesn't work under the authority of the King of Kings. Well, is he good? Is his word good? Do you trust him? Is he really, as Romans 8.28 says, is he really working all things for the good of those who know him and are called according to his purposes? Well, of course he is. So follow him and trust his ways and commands. Now, is Paul sexist? Is the man who wrote that husbands should sacrifice themselves for their wives by loving them the same way with the same kind of sacrificial love that Jesus loved the church. Is that guy sexist? Look, I don't think so. I don't see it. Well, let's go ahead and read our passage. This is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. First of all, then, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all those who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, a testimony at the proper time. For this I was appointed a herald, an apostle, I'm telling the truth, I'm not lying, and a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or argument. Also, the women are to dress themselves in modest clothing with decency and good sense, not with elaborate hairstyles, gold pearls, or expensive apparel, but with good works, as is proper for women who profess to worship God. A woman is to learn quietly with full submission. I do not allow a woman to teach her to have authority over a man. Instead, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and transgressed, but she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with good sense. Well, let's close out, out with our Bible memory passage for the month of September, which is 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. All scripture is inspired by God. Let me start again. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting for training in righteousness so the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Friends, the word of God is good. It calls us to hard things. Men and women and children and parents and husbands and wives and bosses and workers. It calls us to hard things, but it is good. It is God-breathed and it's profitable. Good day to you and Godspeed.